0: Welcome to episode 139 of the Headspace and Timing podcast. Today, I have a conversation with veteran, author, and expert on the psychological impact of combat and military service, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. We talk about Colonel Grossman's goal to help educate the public and service members and first responders about the psychology of stressful situations. Here's a short preview of the full conversation. You're listening to Headspace and Timing, where we're trying to change the way that we think and talk about veteran mental health. In this first clip, Dave talks about how it's important for both veterans and the community to understand that there's nothing psychologically wrong with veterans, and how some in the community have shifted from identifying the Vietnam combat veterans as villains to identifying the current combat veterans as victims,
1: I keep running to veterans who think there's something wrong with them because there's nothing wrong with them. So we got to realize the vast majority do not have PTSD, and this idea that they're all homicidal, suicidal, PTSD-riddled nutcases—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's just not true. And it's part of kind of a uh, anti-war. Uh, campaign, they still oppose the war. They still are trying to undermine the war. But now, instead of being villains, they're victims. They're homicidal, suicidal, PTSD-riddled nutcases who've been destroyed by the war when the truth is just the opposite. They're our nation's best and finest.
0: A lot of Dave's work is on studying and communicating the physiological and biological responses to combat and how we psychologically respond to that. Some of these responses include muted hearing, tunnel vision, memory lapses, and memory distortions.
1: The fact that somebody's trying to kill you is bad enough. Without your body doing weird, and one of the things nobody warned you about. But if you've been warned that might happen, then they won't blindside you. Young uh, California Highway Patrol officer, uh, uh, he'd been in my class, he'd been forewarned. Uh, Traffic stop, uh, a criminal uh, murdered his partner, he kills a criminal apply CPR on his dead partner. Don't get a whole lot more traumatic than that. He said, Dave, you cannot imagine how important it was in the heat of the battle to know that it was normal for my shots to be so muted. He said, tunnel vision like looking through a Soda straw. He said, slow motion time is weird and autopilot, holstering and unholstering without conscious thought. He said, during the debriefing, and those debriefings are important for a lot of reasons. He said, during the debriefing, people talk about things I didn't remember. And I was okay with that. And he said, there were one or two things that I remembered. Everybody else said, no, man, that didn't happen. He said, if I didn't know those kind of memories, distortions could happen, I would have spent the rest of my life thinking they all conspired to lie to me about some goofy little aspect of what happened.
0: What many don't know is that there are two types of nervous systems in our body, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems. The sympathetic nervous system is associated with high states of physiological arousal and our psychological response to it, while the parasympathetic is associated with low arousal and calmness. Here, Dave talks about how to engage the parasympathetic nervous system deliberately in order to short-circuit our psychological response to increased arousal. In a nutshell,
1: PTSD is every time you remember it, you relive it. You talk about it, and you go on that roller coaster ride again. Your heart rate goes up, your, your blood pressure goes up, you start perspiring. What we want to do, the path to healing, is to remember it without reliving it. How do, how do we stop that physiological arousal? And for decades, I used breathing. I, I interviewed World War II vets and Vietnam vets, starting in 1988, and they started becoming emotional. And make them stop and breathe. Today, we put a bottle of water in front of them, and taking a swig of water is a natural way to get people to breathe. But it also it, it sends, sends a body a powerful rest and digest message. We're safe. We have time for a drink of water.
0: Another goal that Dave has is to help service members understand what their reactions are going to be after combat. Here, he's describing a conversation he had with a Marine who talks about having a conversation with a few of his buddies and what a difference was made by knowing what was going to happen ahead of time.
1: He says, uh, we're talking over beer, and, and one of my buddies talked about it. He says, I've been home less than a week Oh, dark third of the morning, to sleep in bed with my wife. And, they, and the, they emptied the dumpster right outside our apartment <clears throat> with a big hollow boom. It sounds like incoming artillery. My heart's pounding. I roll out of bed. I hit the deck. And I'm under the bed for a rifle helmet that's not there. And I come up armed with my slippers, you know. And we laugh. And we have a swig of beer. And one of my buddies said, I have a me, Another real common one. He said, uh, I've been home for a couple of weeks, walking on a busy city sidewalk with a wife and kids. Heavy traffic in the street, car sparked by the curb. I'm by the curb, wife and kids. Something backfires loud. No warning. Boom. Next thing I know him in the gutter under a car. I look up, there's the wife and kids. It's, ah, <laughs> it's okay. This is normal. <laughs> We're warned this might happen. We laugh. We had a sweet beer. He said, one of my buddies said something really important. He said, You know, if we haven't been warned this might happen, we wouldn't be laughing. Laughter can be cruel and laughter can be inappropriate. But most of the time, laughter is very healthy. It says, this has no power over me.
0: Beyond talking about the psychological response of our body's reaction to combat, we also talked about how shame and guilt can get in the way of resolving some of the concerns that we have.
1: Yeah, you know, I said in the book, you're only as sick as your secrets. You know, that thing you can't talk about. Of course, one of the things... One out of five of the veterans of intense combat in World War II would admit that they messed themselves in one time or another. Now, one out of five, they wet them, or messed themselves, and one old World War II vet told me how all that proves, you know, 20% admit they messed themselves. The other 80% were liars because, because that happened to him. And we take these shameful secrets, and we realize that these are normal. And, again, we can normalize these things. You're only sick as your secrets, and you all realize that suddenly – that which we've, we've, we've lived in shame of is actually normal. It's it, it, extraordinarily common.
0: And finally, we talk about a health-related issue that impacts many different areas in our lives, insomnia.
1: Kind of a final angle on the whole suicide and aftermath dynamics that I've been spending a lot of time on, and, and, I, and I think it's pretty important, is one of the greatest predictors of suicide is sleep deprivation. Sleep deprivation is an epidemic epidemic across our entire civilization. And one of its major manifestations is an explosion of suicides. And, uh, and we always knew that alcohol and suicide was related. Uh, alcohol creates impaired judgment, you make a bad decision. You know, you, you, you've got to impair your rationality to in, in most cases to be able to do this. But the most pervasive form of impaired judgment is sleep deprivation. After 18 hours without sleep, your impaired judgment equal to 0.08 legally drunk. After 24 hours without sleep, your impaired judgment equal to 0.10 above legally drunk. After two nights without sleep, you are psychotic. Any graduate of Army Ranger School will about hallucinations on the third day without sleep. And we are in the middle of this epidemic of sleep deprivation.
0: You're listening to Headspace and Timing, where we're trying to change the way that we think and talk about veteran mental health. Dave and I talk a whole lot more in the longer conversation. You've read his books on combat or on killing. This is a great conversation to get some more in-depth insight from the author. If you haven't, it's a great introduction to his ideas, which will make you want to check the books out. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you want to find the show notes or hear the full episode when it comes out, go to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash HST 139. Just a reminder that the guests and information on this show are for informational purposes only and not meant to be considered professional advice. Make sure to subscribe to the show when your podcast player of choice. And remember, veterans, you're not alone. Ever.